Welcome to the New Life Christian Church radio broadcast with your host, Bishop Harold Dawson, Jr. Grace and peace to everyone. This is R.J. Johnson. Welcome to the NLCC radio broadcast conducted by New Life Christian Church, 2018 West Kellogg Avenue, and that's in West Peoria, Illinois, where our service times are Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., and Wednesday night Bible study is at 6.30 p.m. Now, if you want more information on New Life Christian Church, that's where Bishop Harold and Lady Lori Dawson Jr. are. Give them a call now at 309-676-5433. Log online to nlccpeoria.org. I'll have more information for you right there. Let's now go inside the sanctuary as we're listening to today's message entitled, Can God Speak in the Midst of the Storm? Part 1. Here's Bishop Dawson, Jr. Father, you have designated, God, this as a space, God, where you would come and meet, God, with us, your people. So, Father, we thank you, God, for your faithfulness, God, in meeting us again and, Father, showing up, God, and allowing your presence to fill this place. Father, somebody could go home right now because all we needed was a touch from you. All we needed was a touch from you. All we needed was to feel your presence blow through us, God. Father, we thank you, oh God, for counting us worthy, God, somehow, God, of your presence in this place. But Father, we pray now, God, a blessing, God, over the remainder of our time of sharing, God, even in your word. And God, we've gathered in this place, God, to hear a rhema word from you and Pray now, Lord, that you will touch our eyes to see, touch our ears to hear, our hearts to receive truth, and anoint me afresh as your manservant to speak your words and to think your thoughts. I pray, O oh God, that you will anoint me afresh, O oh God, and allow me, O oh God, to be obedient to the assignment that you have given me here today. Thank you, God, that you took attendance in eternity and knew who would be here on today. Before you ever gave me the assignment, God, you knew who would be here. Father, I'm praying now that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your eyesight, oh God. And Father, your people will be edified, that Satan will be horrified, yes, that God, you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, we pray. And God, we thank you, God, for what you are about to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand praise in this place. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated in the very presence of the Lord. Amen. God bless you, Zion. Amen. His presence is in this place. Amen. Amen. We thank God for it. Amen. I greet you in divine love and say it's good to see each of you here on today. Amen. And what a blessing and a privilege it is to be here. I made the statement in the 8 o'clock service, amen, often we take this for granted, but amen, on last week there were those who had to evacuate not their home, not their city, but an entire state, amen, less known being able to gather for worship today, they were just trying to get somewhere safe, but you and I on a beautiful Sunday morning got the privilege of being in this hallowed space called Sanctuary one more time, what a blessing and a privilege it is to be here. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We're ready for the word. Amen. If you will grab your Bibles, your tablets, your phones, whatever you use to access the word of God. We're going to the gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 4. 
Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. Verse 35, amen. Mark chapter 4, amen. Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. When you have it, holler out, I've got my word. Amen. And those of you still looking, thank God for the advancements of technology and projection screen. Amen. I will read in your hearing, reading from the New King James Version. Please follow along in the translation that you have. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in, his, in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the, wind, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. And he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? dying and you don't even care. Verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. I want to use as a subject today, can God speak in the midst of a storm? Amen. Can God speak in the midst of a storm? Amen. We've already prayed. The word is blessed. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Can God speak in the midst of a storm? No matter where you live in the continental United States, all of us have somehow been impacted by the devastation of Hurricane Harvey and now Hurricane Irma that is beating against Florida's coast. And while the cleanup has begun in Texas and uh, the losses are expected to exceed uh, over $140 billion, uh, the death toll continues to rise. Uh, in Florida uh, this week, over six million individuals had to be under mandatory evacuation uh, in order to be an, in, in, in anticipation, I should say, of Hurricane Irma. Uh, and, and it's already hit the Florida Keys and is expected to, to hit uh, the, floor, the west, west coast of Florida in this evening. There, there, there are already estimates of over $50 billion in insurance claims that are going to be filed in Florida alone. He said it's going to be a devastating hit to the economy there, and, and all of those are going to be in, just in insurance claims, not to mention those who are not covered by insurance, who will need government assistance just to get to some sense of normalcy. Can you say amen? In fact, these, these two hurricanes alone, the devastation is so ominous that it has hit a historic proportion at that, such that the U.S already hit that historic marker that even surpassed what we thought was as worse as it could get when we saw Hurricane Katrina. 
but now it has surpassed even that. And, and, and because of, of climate change and because of global warming, the climatologists are predicting that not only will we see more natural disasters, but that the impact is going to get even worse. That we're going to see even, even greater devastation than what we've already witnessed. And since there's still two months left in this hurricane season, I thought it was a good time for us to wrestle with this question. Uh, can God speak in the midst of a storm? Can, can, can he speak in the midst of a storm? When, when, and, and, and I think it's, again, apropos that we, again, wrestle with this subject because when we look at, at devastation such as what has taken place in Texas and what is taking place even now on, on Florida's coast, if you're not careful, it will look to you as if God doesn't care. It will look to you as if God has somehow taken a divine vacation. It will look to you as if God has somehow checked out and, and, and given the reins over to someone else. If you're not careful, it will look like that. But I want to caution you uh, not, to, not to go in that vein. And this message is tailored, made to, in order to help us have a right perspective, not just about the current events, but even about the events in your own life. Uh, can, can, I, can I help you today and just come at this message in this way? When you think of this worship experience, even here today, Think about the components that, that actually bring together in this worship experience and what it is and, and, and perhaps the things that immediately come to mind when you think of a worship experience. Think of those things that, that, that help to make this worship experience what it is and perhaps the things that come immediately to mind is the praise and worship team and perhaps the songs that they melodiously sang today and, and, and ushered us into the presence of God today. When you think of this, the, the, this worship experience, and again, the components, you think of many times the choir, and you think of many times, the, 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 for some, just the preaching, because uh, there are those who, who come uh, to church just in time for the preaching. Just keep looking forward. Ain't nobody going to know it's you, because uh, all, all I need is the preaching. I don't need all that other stuff. Uh, but can I tell you, all that other stuff is what gets your flesh ready for what it is that your spirit has to receive. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's just like when you go to a restaurant. When you go to a restaurant, there, there's a reason why the restaurant has appetizers. There's, there's a reason why they, they serve you certain drinks. There, there's a reason why they, that the, the meal comes out in the order that it comes out. Why? Because it prepares not only your palate, but your digestive system for the enjoyment of the experience. There's a whole experience when you go to that restaurant. It's not just for you to go there and eat the entree and leave. It's for, it's for you whole to have a whole experience when you go. When you come to worship, everything is tailored around getting your spirit prepared to receive everything that God has for you. Are you still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you think about the worship experience and everything that brings it together, we think about all of those things and think about things that help, that, that immediately come to mind. But perhaps the last on the list that many would think about is the usher. Very few would ever think about the usher who helps to make the worship experience what it is. Very few would ever think about the greeters who, who are the first face that you see when you come in the door. Uh, very few would ever think about them. They're the unsung heroes of the whole worship experience. They're, yeah, 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 yeah. Very few ever, ever think about them because if we be honest, the ushering, it, it doesn't immediately come to mind for some of us, even though, again, that's one of the first ministries that we experience. In fact, I'd say that, that they have more power to preach than I do. Uh, because if the usher ain't, ain't right, then they, they, some folk will never get to the preacher. 
If the greeter ain't right and the greeter hadn't painted on their smile this morning and hadn't had their coffee in the morning and God hadn't, sign, hadn't shine, shined the sun in their direction, oh my God, some folk will turn around at the door. Oh, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know it's been done. Oh my God, so they got the power to preach a greater message than I can even preach. Somebody say amen. Yeah, and, 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 and similarly, when, when you see the usher, when you see the usher, then you understand that the usher has a very important job. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's again that, that first ministry that, 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 that you come in contact with. If, if it's your first time worshiping at, at, at even New Life or a church, then you get an opportunity to, to, to get a taste of what the ministry is like when you meet the usher. Are you still here? Uh, can, I, can, I, can I take it a step further? Because the usher is a reflection of the preacher. Did you hear what I just said? Because uh, some folk will never meet me. Some folk will never shake my hand. But some folk will, will see by the, by the nature and the character of the usher, this has to be a friendly church. This has to be a loving church. That pastor has to be loving because the usher is loving. That, that, my God, I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. Yet they're a reflection of the pastor. Somebody say amen. But many times we, we, when we think of the worship experience, we don't think of the usher. We don't think of the usher. And, 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 and similarly, when it comes to God, there, there are some things that readily come to mind. When we think of God, we think of God as, as father. We think of him as protector. We think of him readily as, as provider. We think of him as healer. We think of him. There's some terms that automatically come to mind when we think of the attributes that make up who God is to us. Amen. And, 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 and there's some things that readily come to mind. But I contend to, to, to today that for all intents and purposes that we rarely think of God as the usher. <laughs> okay, y'all going to make me work a little bit. That's okay. I came, I punched the clock this morning. Uh, yeah, you, 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 we rarely think of God as the usher because it, it, it was the usher uh, who said to you this morning, no doubt, uh, that, that said to you when you came in the door right this way. Uh, yes, yes, with, with, with a smile. It was the usher. Touch somebody say, it was the usher. It was the usher. Yeah, the interesting thing about the usher, uh, here it is, if, if they're really doing their job, <laughs> uh, is, is that at times they will lead you in a direction when the truth is you'd rather go in another direction. If the usher is doing their job. Are you still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if the usher is really doing what the usher is supposed to do, then even when you insist on going in the direction you want to go, they know how to lovingly redirect you in the direction that they want you to go in. Are you still here? Touch somebody say he's pastoring and he's preaching at the same time. Oh, my God. Well, 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 the truth of the matter is very often that's what God does. Very often that's what God does. In fact, David helps us with that because that some of us don't have a problem with God being an usher because David helped us to understand this aspect of God's character. You know, in the 23rd Psalm, when David said this, he said, he leads me beside the still waters. Touch somebody and say, that's an usher, that's an usher. He, he leads me beside the step. David didn't stop there, but he kept going, and he said, he's the divine usher. He, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Touch somebody and say, that's the usher, that's the usher. So, so, so most of us don't have a problem with the concept of God as the usher, but where it becomes confusing, oh, my God, is when you know that it was God who ushered you. My God, but where he ushered you doesn't look like 
Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Let me get ready to work here. Uh, so, so, so that where God ushered you, and you know he ushered you. You know he was the divine usher. But you know that where he ushered you, this doesn't look like God where I'm at. Oh, my God. Where he has ushered me to. It doesn't look like what I know about God. It's here, watch it, that revelation, it becomes critical to us. Uh, revelation becomes critical because as much as you know about God, there is still so much more about himself that he wants to reveal to you. Oh, my God. For as much as you know, for as long as you've been in church, for as much as you've been raised in church, there's still so much more about God that you still don't know. And can I tell you that God wants to reveal more and more about himself to you. Are you still here? Uh, let, let me just chase that rabbit for a minute because many of us think that we understand, at least in a general sense, uh, the nature of revelation. We think we understand in a general sense how it is that God goes about revealing, and we understand something about revelation. We understand the fact that revelation, even in the Greek sense, it under, we understand that it's literally something that has the cover pulled off of it so that it was previously hidden, but now it is revealed. Are you still here? Oh, my God, but can I suggest to you that revelation, just like truth, it is multidimensional. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, help me preach this morning and just put that in the atmosphere. So it, revelation is multidimensional. That there are dimensions to revelation. Just like there are dimensions to truth. Okay, let me come get it because uh, in, in, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, if, if, if you touched a leper, and we understand that the Leviticus tells us that the, the leper was already deemed unclean, that because of his disease, he was deemed unclean. And, 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 and not only was he deemed unclean, but anybody who touched him, they became unclean. Can you say amen? So that the primary revelation under the old covenant, watch it, it was to reveal to us the power of sin. Because they believed at that time that any person who suffered from any, any disease, such as leprosy, it was the result of sin. So that somebody touching them literally became party to their sin. So what, what the old covenant was showing us was the power of sin. Are you still with me? By the time we come to the New Testament, then we see lepers who are touched by Jesus. Oh, my God, under the old covenant, you couldn't touch them. But under the new covenant, when we come to the new testament, then Jesus touches lepers, watch it, and they become clean. Under the old covenant, if you touched them, you became unclean. Under the new covenant, Jesus touches them, and they become clean. My God, and the primary re revelation was to reveal the power of God's love, that God loved the leper enough, even in his sinful state, that God, God could reach out to him and cleanse him from his sin and cleanse him from his condition. That's what Jesus was proving by reaching out and touching the leper under the new covenant. But now watch this, because both revelations are true. The one under the old covenant is true. That under the old covenant, you touched the leper and you were unclean. But under the new covenant, when Jesus touched the leper, he, he, he cleansed the leper. Both revelations are true. Are you still here? The revelation under the old covenant was that sin was powerful. The revelation under the new covenant is that love is powerful. But at different seasons, God builds on the revelation that he's already given, which means that God literally begins to show more about himself. It's not anything about the leper. It's about what God wants to reveal about himself. Are you still here? 
Oh, my God. And, and, and there comes a point where you've gone as far as you can go with the revelation of what you already have. Oh, my God. And at that point, you need to have God show you. God reveals something to you more about himself, something more than what you already have. There comes a point where everything that you learned in Sunday school, that can carry you just so far. But then there comes a point where you say, God, you got to show me something else about yourself. You got to show me something new about yourself. God, if I'm going to stay in this thing. You got to reveal to me more about yourself than what I already know. Somebody say amen. Oh my God. And one of the things that becomes clear when you read the gospels is, is how it is that Jesus was constantly leading his disciples into deeper revelations about himself. He was constantly trying to show them more and more about himself. And furthermore, he was trying to show them the Father. He was trying to help them to understand, even as he told Philip, that I and the Father are one. So, such, so much and so to when you, where when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Oh my God. So that Jesus was constantly trying to reveal more and more about himself. Somebody say amen. This account in the Gospel of Mark, it becomes a case in point. When you look at this account and see that it is that, that Jesus tells his disciples, let's, let's cross over to the other side. Oh, my God. And so they tell the multitude and send the multitude of people that Jesus has just ministered to away. They get into a ship, and, and the Bible says that as they get into the ship, the Bible says that a great windstorm arises. A great storm arises, and the waves begin to beat into the ship. And the, and the ship, watch it, begins filling. The Bible says that it was already filling, uh, meaning it was already now full. Uh, verse 37 is not my problem because verse 37, it says here that a great windstorm arose and, uh, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already filling. And verse 37 is not my problem because uh, I'm mature enough to handle verse 37. Uh, what do you mean, Bishop? Because I expect that at some point in my life, storms are going to rise. Are you still here? It's only the immature person who can't stand when something comes up. But I'm mature enough to handle the fact that every now and then, to in, into every life, some rain must fall. I wish I had some help this morning. I, 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 I understand that storms are going to come into my life. I accept that. I got that. But where th this is where I need some real folk on this Sunday morning in this 1030 service. Because verse 37 is not my problem. Verse 38 is my problem. What do you mean, Bishop? Because I don't like being in storms. I accept it. Oh, my God. But my problem comes in when I'm in a storm. Watch it. And it feels as if God is asleep. Oh, my God. I, I, I just need about 20 real folk to preach to. I, 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 can, I can accept the fact that every now and then I'm going to have to go into a storm. I can accept the fact that every now and then even God might lead me into a storm. I can accept that. But what I can't accept is when I'm led into a storm and it feels like God is asleep. Oh, my God. Verse 38 says it like this, that, that and when the storm arose and the boat is filling up, that he was in the stern. In the hinder part of the ship, asleep. Uh, so, 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 so they're uh, in a life or death situation. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus is asleep. Oh, my God, my God. And, 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 and I know the psalmist declared it like this, Psalm 121, down around verses 3 and 4. He said, I, I know that, that, that he who watches over Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Are you still here? Uh, oh, my God. But, but, but there are 20 real folk in here who know what it's like to feel as if.
My God, who am I preaching to? Uh, may, 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 maybe you haven't gotten there yet where, 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 where it felt like heaven was silent while you was going through your worst crisis. Oh, my God, that when you prayed, it seems like your prayers hit the ceiling and bounced back down. Oh, my God, but, 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 but you know what it feels like in order to get to a place where you're in dire straits, and it seems like God is asleep. I didn't say he's asleep. It feels as if God is asleep. Who am I preaching to? Oh, my God. Let me put it where you can reach it. Uh, because in the midst of your marital crisis, you prayed, and not only did God not save your marriage, but it ended in divorce. And it didn't just end in divorce. It ended in a bitter divorce. Are you still here? It can make you feel like God's asleep. Uh, are you still here? I don't know who I'm preaching to. In the midst of your sickness, you, you prayed, and not only did he, God not heal you, but it got worse. Oh, my God. And, 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 and that's, not, uh, that's not bad enough. You, 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 it got worse, but you're still sick today. Oh, my God. It can make you feel like God is asleep. Somebody ought to say amen. But can I give you your first shout on a Sunday morning? Oh, my God. Can I tell you that the evidence that God is not asleep is that you're still here? Oh, my God, you missing your first shout. Your, 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 your shout is that whatever it is that you've been through, oh, my God, it didn't take you out. That's the evidence that God ain't sleep. Oh, my God, that, that as sick as you are, as sick as you've been, you still here. It ain't killed you. It ain't took you out. That's the evidence that he's not sleep. Oh, my God, whatever it is that you came through, here's the testimony. You came through it. Oh, my God, if you understand that, you know God is not sleep. Somebody who knows our God is not sleep, but he still reigns on the throne. Give our God a praise. That's the evidence that he's not sleep because I'm still here. Oh, my God, you ought to get your shout in right there and just give the devil a black eye and tell some, high five your neighbor and tell, I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, my God, if I had time, I'd tell you everything I've been through. But suffice it to say this morning, I'm still here. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm still here. As bitter as the divorce was, I'm still here. As sick as I was, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, my God, as broke as I was, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, my God, as lonely as I was, I'm, I'm still here. Touch somebody and tell them, I'm still here. Oh, my God. Sometimes the testimony ain't that God delivered you out of it. Sometimes the testimony is that God kept me through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that on the other side of it, you say, look at what God brought me through. Look at what the devil couldn't kill me while I was in. Sometimes the testimony is I'm still here. Oh, my God. All right, watch it, watch it now. Jesus uh, is there asleep in the hinder part of the ship. The Bible says that the disciples uh, doesn't tell us which one. It tells us one of them wake him and say, uh, teacher, carest thou not? Master, carest thou not that we're, we're perishing? we dying here. Uh, watch it. Uh, don't, don't, don't you even care. Oh, my God. And the Bible says that, 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 that Jesus woke up and he rebuked, rebuked the wind. Uh, oh, my God. He, 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 he rebuked the sea. Oh, my God. He, 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 he rebuked it. He rebuked it and, and got up. And, and I love this. Here comes your second shout 
on a Sunday morning. He got up and said very simply, uh, peace. Be still. Can, 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 I give you, can I give you a nugget to take home with you? Because uh, somebody needs to go home and just put it in, in the atmosphere in your house and just peace. Be still. Somebody need to get up in the morning and go to work and just say, peace. Be still. I dare you to understand the power, like I told you last week, of you decreeing and declaring a thing. That when you just open your mouth, just, peace. Be still. Oh, my God. So, so the Jesus wakes up. He says, peace. Be still. The Bible says, that when he says it, the wind cease. The Bible says that there was great calm. Now, notice when the disciples wake up. Uh, they wake, woke, woke, woke Jesus up, rather, uh, that Jesus rebuked the wind. Uh, he, he, he rebuked the wind. Jesus' uh, rebuke was evidence of the storm's origin. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, so that his rebuke expressed his disapproval of the storm. Okay? Uh, so that he wakes up and rebukes the storm. So that here it is, that Jesus is rebuking the storm and expressing his disapproval of the storm because the disciples find themselves in the middle of the storm that the devil has sent. Oh, my God. So, so, so that somebody who's streaming this message from Texas, so that somebody who's streaming this message from Florida, uh, can I give you a word this morning? That in the middle of a storm that God didn't send, but in the middle of a storm that the devil sent, watch it, Jesus gets up and says, peace. Be still. Uh, oh, my God. So, so that watch it. The disciples find themselves in the middle of the storm that the devil has sent. Uh, where's, where's the further evidence that he sent it? Because uh, God's not the author of confusion. And, and so we know that God didn't send it. We know that, that, that John 10 and 10 tells us that the thief comes before to steal, kill, and destroy. When I look at destruction in Texas and destruction in Florida, I got to see that's the handiwork and the M.O. of the destructor. And that got to be only one person. You've been listening to the New Life Christian Church radio broadcast with your host, Bishop Harold Dawson, Jr. New Life Christian Church is located at 2018 West Kellogg Avenue in West Peoria, Illinois. For more information on New Life Christian Church, please give us a call at 309-676-5433 or log online to nlccpeoria.org. The New Life Christian Church radio broadcast can be heard every Friday from 1.30 p.m. to 2 p.m. on M1140 WVEL or online at WVEL.com. On behalf of Bishop Harold Dawson, Jr. and the New Life Christian Church family, we pray that you have a safe and blessed week.